What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Today is Monday, October 3rd, 2022. The Dolphins in the midst of their mini-buy. We do have the Jets this upcoming week in Week 5. But today on the show, we're going to be exploring the defensive side of the ball, asking some questions as far as why certain things are missing, and of course, checking in on quarterback Tua Tungavaloa, who we've received some news for over the course of this weekend. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, guys? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it here on the Locked On Network. Today is Monday, October 3rd, 2022. Your Miami Dolphins sitting at 3-1, and one, getting ready to play the New York Jets on the road this upcoming weekend. But of course, the talking points around the Miami Dolphins at this point are really dedicated to quarterback Tua Tungvaloa, who suffered a scary injury last Thursday. We're going to talk a little bit about that situation here today on the show. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy done right. A really cool way for you to experience fantasy, not playing other players, but instead playing the house. Prize picks, uh, pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money on your entry. First-time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. Prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. So a uh, couple couple things on the Tua Tonga-Valoa front, and I think that is you know where we should start today's discussion, but I, I would like to be abundantly clear. I'm discovering all of this uh, alongside all of you guys. You know, I am not a brain injury specialist or a physician or traumatic brain injury uh, savant or anything like that, right? Um, all of this, all of these developments are in a sphere and an area I really pride myself on knowing the salary cap and the NFL draft and free agency and how contracts work and the mechanics of the league. This is, this is a foreign language to me. Uh, so I, I can't give you a lot of probably the clarity and the definitiveness of an opinion uh, that you might hope for in this situation. And just know that I, I am learning all of this alongside all of you, but there are a couple of things that, uh, we have discovered over the course of the weekend, one of them being the NFL and NFLPA in the midst of their co-investigation of the uh, treatment diagnosis of Tua Tagovailoa and the concussion um, and the Sunday beforehand against the Buffalo Bills, is it, it, would, it would be safe to assume that at the very least they found some kind of ambiguous language in the terminology in determining whether or not Tua Tungavaloa and his stumble against Buffalo was a neurological response or was a muscular or anything else response in the midst of the back injury. And I know a lot of fans who, who maybe didn't watch the Buffalo game uh, or are only kind of consuming this on a surface level or, or probably assuming that the back injury was completely made up and it was just a farce to cover for the head injury. But if you go back to the Dolphins on the turnover, the strip sack against Josh Allen, and you watch the play where Tua does 
uh, attempt the quarterback sneak, he very clearly does get bent over backwards in the pile and comes up and, and kind of reaches back at his lower back. So um, it would assume that when he gets the hit from Matt Milano and he is evaluated that they, the independent neurologist who has already been relieved of his duties by the NFLPA and anyone else involved in that evaluation uh, looked at to it and determined based on this ambiguous language uh, that the stumble was not a neurological response, but instead was a response to whatever tweak he had in his back. Um, based on all of the parties who are chiming in here, who are familiar with the Dolphins' initial response, um, it's one of those things where it seems like the Dolphins probably felt they handled it right based on the that interpretation of that thing, that language, um, and Tua did not show any signs because they were overly cautious with him throughout the course of the week, Monday through Wednesday, before playing on Thursday. Um, they've closed that loophole. They have removed that ambiguity. It's like, if you stumble, you're not playing. And I think that's a good thing. I, I think, you know, being conservative and protecting players from themselves, uh, especially as it pertains to neurological and brain injuries is a good thing. But, um, that that's really all that I can intelligently speak on at this point in time, because we, the investigation from the NFLPA and the NFL is still ongoing. And this is a lot of stuff that is new to me, just like I'm sure it is new to a lot of you, but well, it sounds as though Tua Tungvalu is doing well. That is the most important thing. Uh, he is recovering. It was reported that he had an MRI over the weekend and everything came back clean. What that means for Tua We'll see Tua when we see Tua. At the end of the day, um, him getting back to 100% recovery is, of course, the most important thing. Um, and that's the other challenging thing about sitting in this seat and, and having this show right now in the midst of an injury of this magnitude that, and as scary as it was that has everybody talking and kind of re-reviewing uh, some of the harsh harshness of the NFL is I got to talk about the Dolphins. Right. Like I got to talk. There's a game on Sunday, just like the post game on Friday. I got some feedback, man. Like talking about the game. I didn't really care about the game. Well, they played the game, right? Like the game went on. They finished the game. And it, that's one of those things where you wrestle with the the weight and the reality of what Tua Tungvaloa experienced and is now going through with, with his recovery and transposing that to the show is going to go on on the other side. So I, I hoped to take the time at the start of today's show to talk about Tua Tungvaloa and acknowledge uh, the significance and, and the harsh realities and try to bridge the gap between uh, what we thought was true, what we saw transpire on Thursday, what we saw transpire last Sunday, kind of figure out how they got into those shoes. And the NFL is, is kind of already telling us some of what they thought the contributing factors were. Uh, with these changes to the NFL concussion protocol that we have already seen enacted. Um, but the rest of today's show, I do want to dedicate um, to the rest of the team. I wanted to cover Tua. I wanted to acknowledge Tua, the person, the player, the person who was hurt on Thursday, and um, give all of you guys an update to the best of my ability. And this is to the best of my ability. You know, it's it's a lot more comfortable for me to get in here and talk run schemes and coverages than it is uh, to talk about something that's a foreign language to me. But uh, want to make sure that you guys have uh, 
whatever perspective that I can offer, I do offer to all of you. Prize picks. Daily fantasy done right. It's a really new, unique experience. You can pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 extra money on your entry. There's no competing against other people. It's you against the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport you could possibly watch. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, WNBA, soccer, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy with safe and fast withdrawals. Prize picks is currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, they'll give you another $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you another $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. So as we shift, Obviously, it's a big shift. It's, it's a big transition. But we, we were going to talk about uh, the Dolphins. And I know one of the big questions that Dolphins fans have is, where is the pass rush? Where is the sack production? So I spent a little time over the course of this weekend kind of gleaning over the first four games, kind of asking myself about what I know, how the game works, um, how the Dolphins are constructed, you think about complementary football, you hear the phrase complementary football, you traditionally think offense, defense, special teams, right? But complementary football also coexists within each subunit of the football team. And defensively, I think this is the challenge that the Dolphins are facing right now. And I think this is part of the magnitude of not having Byron Jones available for the football team because Byron Jones not playing. Cater Kohu has played admirably. He's actually played quite well, not even admirably. It'd be selling him short to say he played admirably. Xavier Howard kind of working through a soft tissue injury at the moment, not quite 100%. Um, that really changes what you have to do in the perimeter. And when you're a team like the Dolphins, right, you, you play all of these schemed pressure looks and you are very calculated with what gaps you want to attack and how you want to attack them and isolating and manufacturing matchups and manipulating protections. All of that stuff is great, right? But it doesn't work if the way you are approaching your rush isn't complemented with the coverage behind it to complement it. The Dolphins are a team that shows pressure and brings pressure a lot. But without Byron Jones in the secondary, one of the ways that they have had to counteract that is they have had to play more zone and softer in coverage. And some of this is also ex exacerbated by the quarterbacks they've played the last three weeks and Joe Burrow. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. And I thought the Dolphins in each of those games defensively played admirably and as well as you possibly could relative to well, the talent that the other side had at your disposal and the talent that you had at your, your disposal defensively. But with Byron Jones on the field, the way that things become different 
is all of a sudden you trust your CB1, you trust your CB2, you trust your CB3 to win their own individual matchups. And what does that allow you to do? That allows you to play more man. It allows you to play in the face of receivers and disrupt the timing. And you saw some of that against Cincinnati, but you still saw a lot of zone. And that, I think, is one of the roots of the issue that the Dolphins are experiencing with their lack of sack production. Because if you show pressure alignments and you're playing soft coverage behind it, the quarterback on the other side of the field, and these are all high-quality quarterbacks that the Dolphins have been facing these last few weeks, they are going to understand at the line of scrimmage, here's the pre-snap look. I know I'm probably going to have to get rid of the ball. I am probably going to have to uh, take free access. And because the Dolphins don't have the personnel that they would ideally like to and are paying for on the outside, they're playing softer. And that allows more free access. And that gives the quarterback more opportunities to get rid of the football because the timing in coverage is not disrupted because you're playing softer because you don't have the talent to play man across the board. So I'm, I'm unconcerned about the talent on the Dolphins' defensive side of the ball. And even against Cincinnati, you know, they scored 27 points. They scored a garbage-time touchdown when Miami was, had the turnover from Teddy Bridgewater. Um, they are, and they're, they're giving up a lot of yardage. I think they're in the bottom five in passing yardage allowed. You're not going to continue to play a gauntlet row of Super Bowl caliber quarterbacks. And, you know, Mac Jones, not in that group. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow, absolutely playoff championship caliber quarterbacks that you've played the last three weeks. So I think when I'm looking at the Dolphins moving forward, defensively, that's where I do find some solace, is you have Zach Wilson, bit of an unknown. We're gonna, we got a chance to see him play yesterday uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers for his season debut. Kirk Cousins, who we had a chance to watch against New Orleans. And then the week after that is either Mitchell Trubisky or uh, Kenny Pickett. And then it's Jared Goff. And then it's Justin Fields. And then it's Jacoby Brissett, right? So you look at the quarterbacks that Miami's had to face, and I, I think putting Byron Jones back into the mix on your defensive depth chart and not facing Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, like two MVP candidates and the guy who played in the Super Bowl last year, and instead playing those caliber quarterbacks, I think it's going to resolve itself because you are naturally going to play tighter in coverage because you are less fearful of those quarterbacks destroying you. And you're also getting an upgrade in talent whenever Byron Jones comes back from his extended absence at the start of the year. So I think that's a pretty important thing for, for me to drive home here because this week, you know, with the mini buy, we have a little bit of extra time and, of course, the energy of, of discussing the game on Thursday is not really there. If we're being honest, there were some really good individual performances that we'll shout out later this week. But uh, I would rather focus on what we can control, right? And again, Cincinnati, the Dolphins lost their starting quarterback in the first half. They struggled to run the football and they ran out of corners. That's, I mean, that, that really, at the end of the day, you want to summarize the Cincinnati game. Now, it doesn't matter, right? At the end of the day, it's an L in the L. It's a notch in the L column. 
and that is what it is. But um, the, yeah, the, my appetite to, to go back to the Thursday game is not really at a place. So we, we have some extra time this week to kind of focus on uh, some different things about the Dolphins through the first quarter of the season with the team sitting at three and one uh, and, and getting out of that gauntlet at the start of their season at three and one. So of, of course the, the primary focus now is we're going to take things one week at a time. I'm operating under the assumption we're probably going to see a, a good bit of Teddy Bridgewater. And, and again, can't emphasize this enough. We should see Teddy Bridgewater for as long as we need to see Teddy Bridgewater for two until two Tonga below is at a place in which he is ready to come back on a football field and play to the best of his ability because he's at a hundred percent. And we're going to live in that world and we're going to take it one week at a time. So with the oper uh, operating in the assumption that we'll have Teddy Bridgewater behind center for the Dolphins against the New York Jets, we'll focus on the Jets in that regard, but we're going to ask ourselves some questions. And tomorrow we're going to talk about the run game and we're going to try and figure out what in the heck's going on with the run game that Mike McDaniel with his run game coordinator experience has been unable to ignite this running game. I think there have been some game script things that have contributed to that. But then again, I also think there's... There's something more to this, and we're going to discuss that tomorrow on the show. Uh, but if you're looking for kind of the right break in your day, something to liven you up a little bit, a pick-me-up, maybe try Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all their bars. And most importantly, they are absolutely, positively delicious. You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% on your next order. That is built.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. So as we put today's show in a box and we, we wrap it up and we finish it, uh, I think the focus is this. The Dolphins defensively have not been playing the kind of football that they'd ideally like to play, in my belief, on the back end. Now, they have done an amazing job defensively in staying super competitive against Cincinnati. There were probably three plays in that game where if it goes the other way, the Dolphins win the football game. Uh, they could not turn jo or they could not turn Joe Burrow over, and, and I think that was something that was a missing element for the Dolphins in this game as well. Changing how you do that is going to be uh, a kind of an exponential domino effect based on the opponents that you're playing and getting your personnel back. I will say this, for all the questions about the Dolphins' defense, Javon Holland has taken the next step. And I can say that with absolute certainty. He is an absolute star. What he did on Thursday against the Bengals, on four days rest, after playing all the defensive snaps against the Buffalo Bills, it should it cannot be overlooked. And Javon is a player who is going to be a very, very big impact player for the Dolphins for many, many, many years to come. And we've seen that evolution with Jalen Waddell as well. We're still hoping to see it from Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips' pressure is there. And, of course, he got a sack against Cincinnati. And, and you know, hopefully the those who kind of look at the box score and, and sit here and wonder and ask where, where in the world Jalen Phillips is, uh, we'll, we'll find a little peace in that. But as I look at the defensive side of the ball for the Dolphins at the quarter first quarter poll for the season, 
I cannot understate enough how good of football Javon Holland is playing. It is phenomenal. And we'll see what the rest of that looks like as the Dolphins continue to play football games. But again, look at the offenses in the the next four or five games as compared to the first four games. And I'm very optimistic that the identity of this team being the defensive side of the ball is going to be able to do their part. But the biggest thing in, in them achieving that is going to be hopefully getting Byron Jones back so that they can play the kind of aggressive coverage to really disrupt the timing of routes instead of allowing free access and allowing quicker routes underneath to be the place where teams live and waiting for them to make the mistake. Well, no, now you can even turn the pressure up more because you're not just dictating the protection, you're also dictating the routes and the timing of the routes. And all of those things marrying together is the next step for the Dolphins' defense. I'm Kyle Krabs. I hope you guys enjoyed this check into the Miami Dolphins, your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it here on the Locked On Network. Thanks for checking out the show. Hit subscribe. Come on back. See me again tomorrow. We're going to be looking over at the offensive side of the ball. Fins up. Thanks for listening. Make it a great rest of your Monday.